Welcome to this episode of Law Girl. I'm Jasmine Dea coming to you from my personal injury law firm, JD & Co., located at Davenport and Bay, right in Toronto. Joining me is Brett Rigby. Brett is an investigative consultant for his own company, Elite Investigative Services. Brett completed his Bachelor of Arts degree at the University of Western Ontario. He has a diploma in business insurance and is a chartered insurance professional, a designation that he obtained from the Insurance Institute of Canada. He has over 18 years of applied experience in insurance claims facilitation and investigation. My intention in inviting you over was to discuss your role as an investigative consultant. But before we delve into that, let's talk about you. Brett, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Pleasure. So, want to talk about you. You worked in the insurance industry for over 18 years. What prompted the switch to investigations? I basically just had a, a good experience with the insurance industry. I was fortunate enough to work for uh, some great companies. And uh, basically a business opportunity presented myself to be able to utilize my skills and, and skill set that I gained during that insurance experience and, uh, and help people handling claims investigations and, and helping make their case. So you were actually working for the insurance companies that I'm fighting against. That is correct. I used to be sitting across on the other side of the table from you in all those meetings. Did we ever do that? I don't think we actually had any files together. Well, how... I, I did some work, I think, when you were a uh, fireman before. Okay. But uh, I don't think I actually handled any any files with you. Because that could be really awkward right now. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that guy was such a jerk, but... <laughs> I was always very professional and very nice. I'm sure you can remember that. I was too, I'm sure. <laughs> um, what was required from either an educational or professional perspective in order to make the switch from insurance to what you do now? I was able to actually, based on my experience, I was able to gain my knowledge necessary by working as an independent adjuster, helping files for the insurance companies and working with accident benefits and bodily injury, which you know for the types of uh, files that you have, as well as liability. So liability would be your slip and fall claims or your auto accident claims. So I handled all those from the insurance company perspective and was able, able to gain experience over those years. And I can translate that experience into doing claims investigations for uh, mainly plaintiff counsel to assist people who had injuries in regards to falls or auto accidents, et cetera. I want to break down something you just brought up because it's very relevant to what I do on a day-to-day -day basis and for a lot of my clients out there. So you mentioned that you work you worked within accident benefits and bodily injury, which are two totally different departments within insurance companies, correct? That's right, Jasmine. Yep. So accident benefits um, and bodily injury departments, they are uh, with respect to car accident claims. So when my clients are coming to me, and they've had a car accident claim and they are not at fault. Well, regardless of fault, they're going to have an accident benefit claim. And then if they are not at fault, then the bodily injury department is who is going to respond when I start a lawsuit. And so you were one of those people. I was one of those people. I would sit there and you have all of your files. And that's one of the reasons that I made that switch is because a lot of the people were just numbers right if, if there's a better way so know, my clients were numbers you have files and <laughs> files you're given 100 125 files that you're handle at any given time and it was just so busy all the time and it's and you can't provide the best service and i thought that this new job gave me an opportunity to help people i get to to be directly involved in their in their case and assist them with their uh their claim right from from day one it was more uh, a personal approach which i appreciated i totally understand that i mean that's what i do i get to deal with my clients and they're not numbers they're actually people which i really enjoy which did you prefer accident benefits or the bodily injury aspect 
Accident benefits was very technical, as you're aware. The legislation, it changes regularly with the government initiatives. Um, it changes regularly, and it keeps decreasing what my eroding. clients are entitled to get, Absolutely. correct? Absolutely. continues to erode yeah. uh, every single year, it seems to be. And the rates don't seem to go down <laughs> corresponding yeah, I know. Contrary amount. to what they're right? telling us, we're getting rid of all of this so that we can keep auto insurance down. Exactly. But whose rates are going down? Yeah, sure isn't mine. No, it's but, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's it, the accident benefits is very technical, which I actually appreciated you know you're following regulations uh, you're making determinations for people's care it's a job that needs to be t- taken very seriously it was stressful but um, bodily injury is was a little bit more um, intuitive if you know you're, you're reviewing the documentation but you're working with people you're building relationships you're working with people such as yourself in regards to settlement negotiations and doing all those types of things um, personally I, I I like the bodily injury portion a little bit better. You know, sitting, going to the settlement conferences, going to the meetings, um, meeting with with lawyers, and, and being involved in that type of process personally. Any chance you'll return to insurance work? Uh, hopefully not, because <laughs> that would mean my business failed. But <laughs> but no, I, I thoroughly enjoy what I do, and, uh, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to help people. And and so that's that is not the plan. It's not the plan. In terms of investigations. Loaded question, but I need you to keep it brief so my audience doesn't, you know, drone out what mm-hmm. you're saying. What exactly do you do? I do claims investigations to assist at the onset of a file, generally speaking. So when someone has an auto accident or a slip and fall or a dog bite or product liability, anything along those lines that you're, you've been injured, you've retained your lawyer, your lawyer will retain me to assist with your file. Um, I will go out to the scene. I will take photographs if necessary. I will take witness statements, interview police officers, um, basically find out what happened and why. That's kind of the, the general idea of what I do. Who can hire you? Like, can anyone off the street hire you, or do you work exclusively for lawyers on legal cases? My particular ex- expertise is directly in regards to the personal injury aspect. However, we do have members on our team that do other aspects of files, um, including defense work, including surveillance, um, including um, you know locates for individuals or family matters um, for for family law claims in regards to affidavits for supporting custody and things like that. So we have other aspects that our company does. My particular expertise is in regards to uh, to personal injury damages. And within personal injury, what types of cases are you involved in? There's, like I alluded to it a little bit, but we've got basically anything that somebody suffers an injury. You know, it could be on a ski hill. It could be an ATV accident, snowmobile accident, um, dog bites, um, product liability, slip and falls, um, basically anything that uh, kind of arises in regards to uh, to any injuries for people that they report to their insurance companies, we can be involved in to some aspect, including medical malpractice. It's my understanding that a, maybe a large component, maybe not, I don't know, you can tell me, of what you do is interviewing witnesses. What do you do? I mean, it, I mean, we can guess what interviewing witnesses is, but what are the different components? What does it require? Yeah, there's a lot of things that are important. Um, a lot of times, the people who are involved in the file, the clients obviously have a vested interest in making their claim, right? You know, at, at the back end, there's potentially going to be some sort of monetary settlement. So it's important to have an unbiased perspective from somebody who is with them who can attest to, for example, the conditions of a slip and fall. If somebody came to assist you, it could be the ambulance attendant. It could be a bystander who came and helped you up. 
Or could important. it be the security guard that let my client into what they call an unauthorized area? It could be such a person. Um, <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's just basically anybody who can attest to the conditions. So we want to know, you know, was the client carrying something? Were they? What kind of shoes were they wearing? Um, were they have headphones? Were they distracted? Um, you basically want to kind of paint a picture of the entire scenario from an unbiased third party or to provide corroboration of the evidence that the person is uh, is presenting. And a lot of times there may be some in auto accidents. There's always, um, sometimes there's a difference of opinions and who is at fault. Did somebody run a red light? Was the light yellowed? Was there a pedestrian crossing signal? Um, so we want to get a sequence, sequence of events from people who were around the area or who were involved. You've mentioned to me that there's sort of two categories uh, regarding witness statements, or you've put them into two categories. What are they? Um, for the liability investigation, there's, so there's the liability investigation statements from those types of witnesses. So those are the people that are on the scene who helped your client up, who saw a car accident, uh, who witnessed the dog uh, come off leash and, and knock down a particular person. Um, so those witnesses are helping establish fault exactly. or negligence. Exactly. Those are fault and negligence. And then we also assist based on uh, on the expertise that we have working all those years, sitting across from people like you and in, in those mediations and settlement conferences. Um, as you're aware, there's, there's certain heads of damages that are available to people when they are injured and are filing a lawsuit, you know, such as loss of income and, and medical expenses uh, that aren't covered and, and attendant care and housekeeping and things like that. So um, on the back end of it, we will assist with interviewing friends, family, co-worker. They're called lay witness interviews. Okay. And what's the difference between you going to get one of these statements versus me asking one of my students or staff members or lawyers to go get a statement from someone? It's important from our perspective to provide um, one based on our expertise and having a thorough understanding of all the heads of damages, but it's also that arm's length relationship um, because potentially the information that we provide when we get a witness statement signed, if there's any discrepancies or any issues, we could be called to testify at court and we need to have those ability to be able to do that by somebody that's outside of the firm or, you know, if you did your own interview, you'd potentially be calling yourself as a witness um, at a particular trial. When you are interviewing witnesses that are not friends or family, but perhaps the liability witnesses that we talked about, do you find that people are reluctant to talk to you or do you feel that they actually want to volunteer information or is it both? There is a wide range of, of scale in regards to the cooperativeness that I've experienced over the years of doing this. I've been doing this for seven years now. <laughs> and you say that with a smile, I've, so you've got are, some stories, there have I been, think. There have been a few times I've been thrown off of people's front doorsteps, um, but they're minimal. Literally? Um, literally. They threaten to call the police. You know, I know a personal injury lawyer that could help. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, a lot of times, you know, if a lot of times, sometimes you only have... Uh, contact information such as an address for a person so you're showing up at their home on in their personal space that they didn't know you were contacting them um, sometimes it's from the police file that we get the information and sometimes it's from other other aspects right so we're able to locate somebody and we'll show up so you're unannounced so there's a little bit of hesitation in regards to that but we try to to diminish that as best we can by by how we present ourselves and how we we propose it but a lot of times i'd say the vast majority of times um, when we phrase it a lot of these people, they're already a witness to the particular incident. They're already in a police file. They're already documented. So once we let them know that they're already part of this file, you know, whether things don't change. If this file goes to trial, you're going to be called. 
So would you rather talk and have a discussion right now at our own comfort and hopefully gather the information necessary to get the file resolved earlier and then they don't have to do any further involvement. So um, people are generally pretty cooperative um, on a vast majority of the cases, I would say. Have you ever had people really wanting to help? <laughs> like the other spectrum where you're not getting thrown off, but they just want to keep talking, give you more information and you have to just cut it off? 100%. There are times when you have to there's a certain list of criteria of things that we're trying to cover off. So a lot of times we'll have to circle back and try to keep people on on point, keep them focused and, and just gathering the necessary be, information. That can also be detrimental to a case when you have a witness who wants to keep going and going and going and it actually kills your case the more they keep going. There are times when witnesses, and that's also part of our job. Our, our job is to gather the facts, right? And whether or not that's helpful to you or uh, as a plaintiff lawyer or helpful to the defense side. It's our job to be able to provide that information in an unbiased manner, to provide a statement that is thorough, provides all of the facts, and then you know the, the cards will fall where they may. You, once upon a time, told me about a crazy story. And it was a case where you were taken out of the country on planes and boats, and there was a plane crash, I think. Tell us about that story. I will try to keep it as brief as possible. But yes, to this day, it's a crazy. And you have to think about, from my perspective, I've been on the job at six months of doing this, right? So at the I, point of this at story. At the point of this story. Yes. So this is like five and a half, six years ago. Um, I'm six months on this job. I, I get a call from a law firm um, that has a very serious accident. It was a, a commercial trucking accident with large policy limits. And they were on the verge of settlement. And uh and similar to a case we talked about before, they, they had pulled their, their settlement offer off the table right at the last second. You know, this is years into a file. And they didn't understand why. And then it became apparent that there was a liability witness who was apparently on a building uh, a couple of blocks away that had seen the accident in regards to the chain of events of the lights. Okay, okay. so just stop there because yeah. we need to break it down a bit. So yeah. you've been retained by a personal injury law firm because... They're proceeding to trial. Was there was trial imminent? Was it coming up? Settle, I think trial was coming up, but it was a settlement was was far along in discussions. Okay. We're dealing with large large amounts so of money. So large amounts of money are being offered, and then all of a sudden the defense pulls the offer because Correct. they have down to zero. Down to zero. Okay, from a large amount to down to zero because they have a witness. Correct. And who so disputes the chain of events? Who disputes the chain? So your job is to go track down that witness for the plaintiff's side. I was hired for the plaintiff side in this particular, and so you've got a client who's on the verge of of you know huge sad case. It was a fatality case, like serious serious accident, and now all the money's being pulled off the table. So they're desperate to get the information as quickly as possible and to get accurate, basically get to the bottom of, of what happened. So I was given instructions, grab my passport, head to the airport. You're heading south. Didn't know where, didn't know when, didn't know for how long. And we're not just talking south, like, I don't know, down to Buffalo. No, I was I was told. <laughs> so I ended up, I get to the airport and uh, find out that I'm heading to Barbados and then on to Grenada. So the the witness. Did you pack appropriately? I it was summertime. It was August, so okay, I was so I was generally worry about no. That, because that would be I'm, bad if you show up right? and you're like Grey Goose. And no, I just have my back. Goose. I have a backpack. <laughs> I Canada Goose. Did that <laughs> fall out of my mouth? Goose. Where's my mind? It's not. Is it Friday yet? Christmas yeah, season. It's not cocktail hour just yet. <laughs> Oopsies. Okay. Anyway, getting back to the Canada Goose jacket, you are not nope, wearing. Summertime. No, okay. I was good to go. Pretty much everywhere I was going would be warm. So I was. I threw together a backpack, went to the airport, and uh, I flew from 
Toronto, because it was August and it's not peak season, the flights were limited to get there. So the, the person was a temporary worker in, in Toronto at the time of the accident and since went back to assist with a, with a parent back in Grenada. So flew into Barbados, um, spent the night at a beautiful resort. So you're thinking, I'm living the time of my life down there. Um, just enjoying a couple days, like a day in, in the sun for relaxation. Next morning I get up. I'm supposed to take a short flight, 45 minutes across from Barbados to Grenada, and then proceed to interview the witness. And got to the airport in the morning. There was rotating pilot strikes, and my flight was canceled. Oh. So based on that and the importance of the investigation, um, I was able to charter a plane. So I chartered, oh, so you had a private plane. I chartered a plane. Sounds nice. Up, right. Everything is still great. Um, so you're wearing your shorts. It's I, a nice Barbados day. And, well, and I happen to mention plane. my additional passenger that I recruited. Yes, so, you've got oh, this man. additional passenger now. So. Yeah. So there was a woman who was trying to get, she was very distraught. Um, she's in her 50s and trying to get to her mother's funeral in Grenada. So I had a plane that wasn't being used. So I offered to bring her along with me. And um, well, it was being used just by you. Correct. It, okay. it was. You it it was. I had space. <laughs> exactly. So I took her with me. Um, anyways, we get in the air. Shortly after takeoff, there was a light that was flashing, and the pilots turn around and ask me for the flight manual to give them a manual for the book. So there's two pilots do, in the okay, front. Do you have any expertise in Zero. flying a plane? This, is, this was my initial red flag for me that kind of <laughs> popped up. Other than the red light that was flashing, it was the initial the red manual. flag. Was that When the pilots ask you for a manual, that's generally not a good thing. No. So <laughs> anyways, proceeded to give them the manual. There was an issue with the, the landing gear. So two of the wheels had um, not retracted. So there was one that had come partially up and then the, the other two wheels were apparently down. So they were trying to manually get the third wheel to lower or retract basically. So there was an issue. We flew past the tower. They did some analysis to see. We did a bunch of maneuvers in regards to shaking and, and, and which was violently shaking over the ocean, which was scary within itself. But um, eventually it was determined that the wheel was not going to come down. So they called in an emergency landing at the Barbados International Airport. So you can imagine all these people who are coming in for their flights to their all-inclusive resorts. All the flights are redirected to other islands. For your one little For my one little private plane. plane. <laughs> so we're coming in and all I see is flashing lights of ambulances and fire trucks lining the runway. And you're back to where you started, right? Back to where I started. Yeah. So anyways, the pilots did a great job. We landed on the two wheels and then... Subsequently, the other wheel rolled over, and, and we ended up having a crash landing. Okay. And a uh, hard, hard crash landing. We spun into the infield, and then the uh, fire trucks descended upon us and were spraying all of their foam. And and unfortunately, one of the uh, the, the passengers, she suffered a fractured vertebrae that was oh, next no. to me. And so we were able to get her care. She was fine. Um, and uh, after the fact. So anyways, shaken, beat up a little bit. I go back to my resort that I had thought I was gone to, and... And uh, went back the next morning to try to complete the statement. I still had a job to so do. You so you had to now take a regular plane. I had to no take more private the planes plane. I was for supposed you. to take the day before. I was got on the next flight the next morning. The, fortunately, there's no pilot strikes, so I flew into Grenada. So the rescheduled flight. Yes, yep. you flew into Grenada now. A rescheduled. Little, a little banged up. A little. A little banged up. up. Had some bruises. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, a little terrified getting back mm-hmm. on the plane. Um, then ended up back in Grenada, spent the day there, and then arranged my interview, which happened to take place in the middle of a farm with goats around at a tiny convenience store, like you can picture What's in wrong the with movies. That? No, it was just it was very. It was about an hour through the rainforest uh, to drive over there on a road that was about as wide as you know your your desk here, and uh, 
with cars going both ways and a ravine over the one side and a mountain on the other. And so. my desk is pretty nice, but it's not it's that not a massive. Wide yes, it's a pretty, pretty narrow car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, I ended up meeting this guy and completing his statement in the middle of this goat herd and farmers field. It was just a kind of a a very unique experience. And I but you got the statement. I got the statement, and the statement I was able to create there was some discrepancies i was able to identify some discrepancies with the information that he provided which then subsequently um removed his his evidence as being kind of the deciding factor and so it wasn't were, as concrete as the defense had originally thought correct and so what was the result they ended up resolving the file for a, it was pretty close to the original full amount it was, there was a small deduction but it was you know it basically went from a lot of money to zero money yeah. to very close to the original amount. And I love so. that story because aside from the craziness of the story itself and the lengths that you had to go to to get this statement, it shows the importance of independent witnesses mm-hmm. and you know how you can't just go by what people are saying that the independent witness said you have to hear it yourself mm-hmm. because there's two sides to every story right and sometimes there's there's reasons that people think they saw something or whatever that can be analyzed after the fact it's it's incredibly important so in terms of liability witnesses what do you do i mean or i shouldn't say just witnesses but in terms of liability and proving liability you do witness statements what else can you do it's important to go out and, and as soon as possible. So, for example, and just as a side note for your, for your listeners, if, if you ever have like a slip and fall, for example, it's so important, or even a car accident, anything like that, you, cameras are everywhere. Nowadays with your phones, take pictures. Take pictures of the ice. Take pictures of everything. I understand that people are injured, and if you have a friend or a family that's with you, document that because an hour later, the temperature could go up five degrees and the ice is now water, right? So um, you have to try to document things as best as possible. So... In addition to that, so we will go out, um, we'll document the scene. So try to, you know, there could be an issue with a stop sign not being visible, for example. So somebody ran a stop sign, um, but it was a tree was blocking it. So things like that. We'll take pictures of, of the particular area. Um, we'll go out and we'll meet with the person to determine the actual area that they fell or any particular incident took place. Um, we'll talk to the investigating police officers if it was necessary or the ambulance attendants or firefighters or trying to basically put together a picture of exactly what happened and why. Who did what and what were the circumstances that gave rise to a particular event. So we gather that information from photographs. We gather it from talking to the the person who was involved in the actual incident themselves, as well as the independent witnesses, as well as the first responders. So trying to have an understanding of, you know, what were the weather conditions like on that particular day? We'll go to Environment Canada um, and we'll look at the closest weather station and we'll see what the temperature was. And was there snowfall or ice or freezing rain or anything that contributed to a particular incident? And it's just putting everything together and creating a holistic picture for the file to have an understanding of of exactly what happened um, to, to the best and provide either credibility or or uh, raise any issues in regards to the chain of events that are being indicated. It sounds like your job takes you everywhere, and most definitely it appears that there is never a dull moment. Is that accurate? <laughs> I, I love my job because even though it's the same aspects, every day is literally a brand new day. I, I don't know what kind of file is going to come across. You know, I've handled everything from, you know, workplace injury claims to, you know, going up and checking out, you know, snowmobile trails in various areas and, and, uh, 
there was a you know a small plane crash that I was interviewing witnesses in regards to um, you know concussion claims you know from from professional sports and like just different everything is different so you're asking different questions you have the same skill set and the same expertise but every file I've traveled all over the place for for claims um, and uh, it's always unique it's always interesting it's always entertaining and and I love my job for it you have identified one of the main reasons I love my job because it is so different. Each client I come into contact with is unique and they bring a new story uh, for me to assist with. So I completely can relate to what you're saying. Brett, on that note, thank you so much for joining me today. This was wonderful. My pleasure. Thank you so much.